Hello, and welcome to Harding University Student Publications Deadline Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach Shapley, and today our guest is Dr. Charles Bain from Harding's Communications Department, recently from the English Department. He is now the director of Harding's brand new film program. Dr. Bain and I talked about movies, the film program, and a surprise trip to Sundance. Stay tuned. Welcome to Harding University's Student Publications Deadline Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Shapley, and today we have with us Dr. Charles Bain, the new head of the film department, not film department, but <laughs> head of film in the communication department. Hey, Dr. Bain, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, so can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Uh, sure. I... Um came to Harding five years ago, and I was hired in the English department, but my area is film, um, and so I was hired over there to teach um, to teach the film classes they offer, but eventually we had decided I was a better fit uh, in the communication department since we actually wanted to start a film major, and my background is more production, um, and so uh, we made the move uh, with just this year, and I'm happy to say our film major will start uh, this fall. Okay. So what kind of classes come along with the film major? Uh, well, we, we'll keep a few classes we've been offering. We already have classes in like screenwriting and film production and uh, video production, audio production. But um, we recently added a couple of courses in directing uh, that we're offering this semester and then one in post-production that we offered last semester. But the new classes that will start uh, will be film history and uh, an introduction to film class, a cinematography class. Uh, we're also going to start offering a TV uh, production project course again. That's one we've had on the books. It just hasn't been offered in a while. Um, and then the exciting part is that several other departments uh, want to be involved, and so they're offering classes as well. Like English is going to offer um, courses in like film genres and documentary film, uh, writing about film, and then a course called Redemptive Cinema, which will be looking at. Um, Secular movies, popular movies, but ones that sort of have themes of redemption and salvation uh, in them. Um, Is that well, your Bible class? Uh, yes. We're, 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 your we, senior we, ethics yeah. Bible class. Uh, that, that, that's the goal. I don't know if that'll happen right away, but that's the eventual goal. Uh, because uh, English already offers a class called Literature of Faith. Yeah. That's the same sort of thing. Um, and so this will be similar to that. Okay. Um, foreign Languages is going to offer foreign language film. And, and History is going to offer a class. And, uh, and even music's getting on board. They, they don't have it yet, but music's planning to create a course in uh, composing for the movies. Okay. So that'll be cool. So. Cool. So movies. We're talking movies. What's your top five? Oh, you didn't tell me you were going to hit me with this. <laughs> um, so the, the question is uh, that I have for you, are we talking just five favorites or are we talking like what I consider to be the greatest movies ever made? Because those aren't necessarily let's, let's the same favorites. for me. All right, favorites. Favorites. Uh, favorites would be like Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Um, Mine as well. Uh, oh, really? Next yes. choice. Good. Uh, the Godfather is very high on my list. Um, 
Raging Bull is really high on my list. Uh, Apocalypse Now is really high on my list. Uh, Tommy Boy is my guilty pleasure. Okay. My favorite movie. <laughs> I can watch that pretty much any time and just laugh and have a good time. Chris Farley was a comic genius. Uh, so those would be like favorites. Um, greatest of all time, uh, Godfather would probably still be on that list. Uh, Casablanca would definitely be up there. Um, I would also have to throw in, um, let's see, what's a what's one people won't see coming? Um, Psycho. I think Psycho is Hitchcock's best film. I think it's you better do. than Vertigo. So, you think it's better than Vertigo? I do think it's Why better do you than think Vertigo. It's better than Vertigo? Uh, I just think it's tighter uh, than Vertigo okay. uh, is in terms of, of the story, uh, the editing, and also and location. Um, location, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it. Uh, um, it just punches you when you, if you've never seen it. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, you know, for anyone that hasn't seen it, but. Um, you know, when the person you think is the main character, you suddenly realize, oh, we're, that's not our main character anymore. Uh, I just think that's a real shock. Yeah. And, and Vertigo, um, I think, is is trying to do more, you know, psychologically and all that. But it, I don't think it always necessarily holds together. Uh, and uh, um, we should really sympathize with uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, but I don't think I always do. No, I'm creeped out. Yeah, I'm very. Creeps I've never like yeah. I've seen Vertigo. I don't know three or four times, and I've never watched it and been like, oh, "He's you know, a great I, guy." I feel bad yeah. for this yeah. guy. Exactly, exactly. You really only feel bad for for what's her name, Midge. Yeah, you know that's kind of that's kind of who you're rooting for, and and she just disappears after a while. Um, but with uh, with Psycho, you know, at some point you do find yourself rooting for Norman, kind of, and and for him to pull that off, for him to actually make us sympathize with. Um, I think it's kind Cooper, of change yeah. of protagonist almost. Yeah. Because you kind of go in. I don't know if I've seen a movie like Psycho. I can't think of anything off the top of my head where it's like, okay, here's your main character. Unless, you know, there's multiple kind of protagonists. But, you know, here's your main character. Here's your introduction to this world. All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> We're not following them I anymore. Think, yeah. I think everyone has seen the shower scene at some okay, point in their right. life. So you Spoiler know, alert. She, she dies. She dies. Okay. <laughs> and then we're kind of left with like, oh, what do we do? And then you kind of get her sister who becomes like the, mm-hmm. new, protagonist, the new protagonist. But, you know, it just switches. And I'm not, I don't – I can't think of anything off the top of my head unless you can correct me that kind yeah, of switches. No, I don't, I don't think so, yeah. And the, and the one reason that was so shocking, not just uh, – in terms of uh, movies in general, yeah, just switching the protagonist. But but Hitchcock was known, you know, there's actually the term the Hitchcock blonde, mm-hmm. that often the main character is the blonde woman, you know. And so you think the birds, you think Marnie, uh, even in Vertigo, right? And so – Especially uh, in Vertigo. Yeah, especially in Vertigo. <laughs> and so, I mean, Marion Crane, I mean, when the movie opens on her, she's blonde. We're like, well, duh, it's a Hitchcock movie. That's our heroine. And then – She's gone, you know. She uh, she she's killed. Um, the other thing about Psycho that I that I've always found fascinating, um, again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but when he uh, when Norman comes in to you know clean up the evidence and he goes to sink the car, mm-hmm. uh, he puts everything in the car and he pushes it off in the swamp. And there's this there's this moment where suddenly the car stops and we think it's not going to go ahead and submerge into the swamp. And usually what happens is the audience is like, oh, no, he's going to get caught. And so that's the moment where Hitchcock implicates us, that we're yeah. suddenly we're on the side <laughs> of the guy that's trying to destroy all the evidence. And uh, I don't know if that had been done that well um, before that, where we find ourselves, uh, you know, 
sympathizing with the uh, anti-hero, with the anti-hero. Yeah. yeah yeah the bad guy uh, we i guess we don't know he's the bad guy at that point we think he's just trying to clean up after mom he's a little creepy though <laughs> yeah, he's a little creepy those birds those stuffed birds a little creepy but yeah jimmy stewart and vertigo not a great guy no not a great guy <laughs> a little obsessive yeah <laughs> A little bit of adultery in his mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there. He's a complicated <laughs> character. But at the same time, I think that Vertigo, um, I think it has helped show Jimmy Stewart's range. Because yeah. Because sometimes I think that uh-huh. uh, he's, he's like, become, oh, hey. Exactly. Ah. He's become a caricature yeah. that, that people just think of him as this uh, over-the-top, lovable, you know, every man. He, he is the dad from It's a Wonderful Life, yeah, which is darker than people realize, yeah, for sure. you know. Um uh, and it, that character does have a lot of range. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I think that when you see Vertigo, you realize, oh, Jimmy Stewart was – this is why everybody liked him so also much. Also Rear Window. Uh, Rear Window. Another Hitchcock, by the way. Yeah. I haven't uh, – I don't know. I When I saw Rear Window for the first time, like I, I've never seen anything like it. And mm-hmm. I still haven't. Yeah. I don't know. Just the same location, nonstop. Yeah. It's and, and because it doesn't come across as stagey. Sometimes movies that are same location, we almost feel like they're just plays, mm-hmm. you know, that were happen to be shot for a movie. But Rear Window somehow doesn't feel. And like you don't a feel play, claustrophobic you know? either. Yeah. Is yeah. another thing. So the way it gets it's a great movie. Shots. Yeah. So. So Psycho, best Hitchcock. Best Hitchcock, I think. But you know, what do I know? I'm just a director of a new film program. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and so that that was we were talking about the best films of all time. So I threw that one in. So there you go. Do you have any more <laughs> that you uh, want to throw? Uh, greatest of all time, because I mean, there are a lot of great movies. It's not like there's not. I mean, uh, uh, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. You know. Uh, do you think Raging Bull is Scorsese's best, or do you think Taxi Driver? Um, it would either be Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, or Goodfellas. I don't know that – I mean, he has other great movies, but I feel like those are the three that sort of um, achieve the artistry he's going for. Um, uh, Raging Bull has always had – this sounds odd, a soft spot in my heart because it was actually the first one I ever saw. Really? Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I should not have seen it. Yeah. I was I was, um, I was was 12. I was 12 <laughs> years old, and we were uh, staying with my aunt and uncle. It was like, you know, like the holidays or something. Yeah. And no room at the end or whatever. And so because I was the youngest, uh, I was sleeping on a, you know, what we used to call the pallet. And, you know, it was like a mattress thrown on the living room floor. Um, but the the good part was that meant you got to watch television. Yeah. You know. And I don't remember what I was actually watching. They were they were letting me stay up to watch some movie because they had cable. They had HBO. Uh-huh. Uh, and we didn't have that yet. And, um, and so uh, they said, well, you know, turn this off and, you know, turn the TV off when that goes – off and go to bed. I was like, okay, great. Yeah, it's fine. So my movie went off and then it immediately went into Raging Bull. And of course, back then, you know, HBO would pop up and it would say, you know, the following film is rated R4 and it would list whatever. And this said like, you know, adult situations. And then you got language. excited. And I was like, ooh, because you know, I'm the 12 year old. And then in the opening shot is, because uh, well, first of all, it's black and white. You know, uh-huh. This is a film that came out of the 80s shot in black and white. And it's sort of this out of focus shot with this boxer, you know, <laughs> jumping up and down in slow motion in the ring. And I was just sort of drawn in. I was just kind of fascinated by it. I mean, I'd seen Rocky, you know, I, I, w- I was into the boxing films. 
And so I just sat there. And like I said, I was really too young to watch it and know everything that was going on. But there was just something about it. It just sort of got its got its hooks in me. Um, it was the cinematography. And that, that probably so, yeah. And uh, there's actually a book uh, by uh, uh, Craig Dietweiler called uh, Into the Dark. And what's interesting is in his introduction, he had a similar experience. He actually talks at length about Raging Bull being this film that he saw when he was way too young. Um, but it just sort of grabbing him that it's uh, that there's something about you know this this man struggling with fame and you know uh, family family and you know and family you know family married issues. family and also yeah and also like extended family and uh, it's a, it's a great movie though and so it's always had a, like I said a soft spot uh, for me but. Um, but Taxi Driver, you know, obviously one of the greatest of all time. And, uh, you know. Yeah. I feel for me, my experience with Taxi Driver, I, it was a little too hyped up for me. Yeah. And so, I don't know. The ending just throws me off. Sorry. He just murders a bunch of people. Murders and, a bunch of people and that's and it. it's fun after he tries to assassinate a politician. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's okay. It, I think that just takes me out of it. It's yeah. like the writing's great. Paul Schrader's awesome. But, like... I don't know. I think the ending just really took me out. And he's like this champion here. It's like he just yeah. murdered all of these people. It and, doesn't but matter I think that's part of what it's about is that how people can so quickly become heroes or yeah. villains depending on the <laughs> the media, if you will, you know, depending on how they're portrayed. It's all about how you sell the story. And I think that was kind of the point yeah. is that he's not this hero because we've seen what really happened. And, uh, um, you know, but that's how that's how it gets sold. But uh, yeah, and, and you're right because it's one that um, the, probably the first time I saw it, I was like going, eh, I don't know. But then a few years ago, I think it was like the 40th anniversary. It was back on the big screen. I went yeah. and saw it, and that that's an experience. Yeah, seeing sure. it seeing it on the big screen like that. But uh, but you mentioned Paul Schrader, uh, first reformed. First reformed uh, was great. Ethan Hawke uh, was snubbed. Should have been he was best snubbed. picture. Uh, Schrader did get a get a screenplay nomination. Though, so that was, but but I mean he's no, a writer exciting. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he's a sure. writer first. You know, it is so. exciting. But um, that being the only no- thing it was nominated for is ridiculous. It was. It Go was watch First Reformed. It's yeah. on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime for free. You should check it out. It's so yeah. good. And uh, uh, what did you think about the? Uh, we're gonna get really technical here, but he decided to shoot it in four by three instead of widescreen. Now I remember that now. Yeah, I had forgotten that, but I remember that now. Yeah. It reminded me of, I guess, the last thing I saw that was like that was a ghost story. Okay, yeah, and I, Ida is what he said. He said that uh, okay. when he saw Ida. I've never seen was, Ida. Uh, uh, What's the same sort of yeah, thing? Yeah. I mean, he said when he saw Ida, he that kind of inspired him because mm-hmm. he realized that it. Uh, um, Strangely, because of how you have to set the camera up, you end up getting more of the people in the shot yeah. uh, than you do with the wide. And uh, he said that he wanted that. He wanted them sort of boxed in and, and trapped in those in those lines. Yeah, and it's and a so. very isolated movie. Yeah. And so I think I think it fit it well. Yeah. It worked. It worked. Good choice. Yeah. So, so Oscars. <laughs> I know we've talked about this already a little bit. Yeah. Um, from the movies that you have seen, what do you want to win? Uh, I'm rooting for Roma. Okay. Did you watch this? I have watched it. Okay. What did you think about it? Roma's on Netflix. It's amazing. It's one of those movies that I think I was worried about it being too hyped up. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. It's I mean, what everybody says. I I wish I'd been able to see it in the theater because it is (laughs) The meme of how we intended it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a film critic that I follow and he was just, all these random places you can watch videos and he just... (laughs) 
he photoshopped it in. Yeah. This is how he intended <laughs> I have uh, not seen that. I have to check that out. It's funny. So, uh, so I'm rooting for it. I, uh, I feel like... Um, uh, there were we've already, as you said, discussed this. There were some movies that were robbed. I think that should have had uh, um, Bill Street, First Reformed. Bill Street, yeah, First Reformed should have both been up there. Um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I feel like got a little bit too much love. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a fun movie, after but its director. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Singer uh, did not get a directing nomination, which uh, he should not have, and uh, I'm okay. No, hopefully he'll never so, make another movie again. That's the hope. Not a nice that's man. He's not a good guy. Not you know, a very good. You person. can you can love uh, X Men all you want, and they're uh, not very good movies, though. Stuff. I'll say it. Uh, but the Usual Suspects. You Usual know. suspects in a good movie. Kevin Spacey's yeah. not a nice guy yeah, either. He's not either. And so, <laughs> and that really, but I mean, that's funny that the, both of those guys worked on that movie, and that kind of makes you see that in the whole thing. Hopefully, Benicio's so, all right. Yeah. yeah, we want him to be a good guy. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne. Oh, he's still a good guy. Stephen Baldwin kind of went crazy, but you know. <laughs> it happens. It does. <laughs> but yeah, Roma, yeah. I, I hope he wins for cinematography. Probably the prettiest movie that I've seen in a long time. Mm. Oh, yeah, it was I'll beautiful. i that far. And um, I, I like it. It's up for cinematography, and so it was Cold War, which I have mm-hmm. not seen. It's coming on Prime um, But soon. they're both, uh, they both shot in black it. and white. Yeah. You know, and so I, I do find that uh, kind of interesting that um, two black and white films are getting so much love this year. And it's sort of... Um, it's sort of like we've gotten to a world where everything has become so color corrected and saturated uh-huh, and sure. post and all that that it's like we're stripping it all away now and just saying what what is it like to just watch a black and white mm-hmm. movie again uh, that hasn't been so tweaked uh, in the editing room. So so uh, that's interesting interesting stuff. Roma's so. great. Go watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Also, the first movie that's made me cry in a long time. Mm. Very very, nice. very powerful. Very nice. Um, Movies, uh, movies that make you cry are the That's, best, uh, and I don't cry often. Yeah, I don't, I don't cry. Even. I think the last movie that made me cry, I think, was Lion. Okay. Not that that's a movie I'm ever going to come back to. Yeah. But the scene, but of, just the scene, the scene yeah. of him walking on the tracks is extremely yeah heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. movies. Uh, um, you're going to laugh, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The movie that always makes me cry is uh, My Girl. Okay. Uh, I've never a, seen My Girl. With young, young Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and uh, there's just this really powerful scene. Same sort of thing. This powerful scene in the movie where you realize, oh, she's the only one who really understood him. Even his parents didn't really know who he was. And it just, just breaks your heart and you just bawl. But it's okay. It's a good cry. It's a good cry. Crying um, movies is good for the most part. Yeah, I, I did want to throw out, um, you know, this is kind of taking back to the film program, but but another big thing uh, uh, with film, we're going to the Sundance Film Festival. Yes, I was going to bring time. that up. That's exciting. Right. You guys leave Sunday. Um, we leave Sunday, and uh, we'll be there for an entire week, come back Saturday, taking six students. Um we're kind of doing this as a pilot, but we hope it becomes kind of like uh, the New York trip. Yeah. That, uh, I guess New York, D.C., uh-huh. um, that we kind of do it every year. And uh, it's really exciting. We're going to be a part of what's called the Windrider Forum, uh, which is where a group of schools get together and they sort of watch the movies at Sundance, but then they get together and have discussions, meet the filmmakers, um, and uh, and sort of talk about um, uh uh, themes of like you know salvation, redemption, uh, uh, faith, crises of faith, and and the great thing about it is these movies aren't necessarily like religious movies. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of those themes are present, and so uh, we're kind of excited. We're going to get to see. 
I think everyone's going to get to see like 10 movies and a bunch of shorts. And, what are you most excited so, to see? Um, I'm really excited to see uh, – oh, man. Uh, I need to get my list up. It's uh, – uh, well, there's two. One is Native Son, which is based on the um, Richard Wright novel okay. of the same name. Uh, and there's never really been a great film version of it. And that's one that we're, we're going to get to watch. Who's directing it? And uh, that's what I'm trying to remember because the – I should have brought my phone in here. But the um, – you look up and see who's directing him. It's amazing what we can do with the Google uh, these days. Uh, Rashid Johnson. Okay. That's not the other one. So now look up um, – uh, can I borrow your phone? Um, I, I never know how to say this guy's name because uh, <laughs> uh, I have to look at it before I can say it. Uh, is it Chibate? His name's Steve McQueen. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. No, I don't even ever try to say that guy's name. There are names. Do you ever do this? There are just names that I, I read, and yeah. I just like, I know who that person is. Exactly. I'm never going to learn it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Not that his Ch- name is. for I think yeah. is how you say Edgifor, it. Yeah. But he's a uh, you know, big actor. Uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave. He was nominated for the Academy Award for that. But he's also been in things like... Um, uh, he's in Love Actually. People always forget he's in Love Actually. He's Karen Knightley's uh, um, husband uh, in that. Um, but anyway, his directorial debut is okay. going to be there, and that's what I'm trying to, to see. Yeah, that's the one I'm excited about because he's uh, um, he he's turned Dirty Pretty Things is another one he's known for. Uh, but it's uh, the boy who harnessed the wind uh, is the because he's done a couple of shorts. This is his first feature film, and so I'm excited to see that because always I'm always interested when actors sort of move behind the camera and become directors yeah. you know, to see what they do. Um, and uh, because some of our greatest directors, you know, started as actors. I mean, you know, Eastwood, uh, I think, is a better director than he is an actor. Uh, um, ben Affleck is definitely a better director than he is an actor uh, uh, with, like, The Town and... and uh, that's probably it. Argo. Argo, I guess. And but then, Argo, uh, like when was the last time you watched well, Argo? But Gone Baby Gone. I mean, I feel like he did three solid like films. You don't like Gone Baby Gone? I, I like watched it and I zoned out for yeah, the rest no, of the movie. No. All right. But, it, but he did three. <laughs> I feel like he did three solid films The Town's films good. And oh, no. I don't know. Argo, yeah. I haven't watched it since I watched it the first time. I don't know. I've watched it a couple of times. Let's see. Last year. Guy. Yeah. Ethan Hawke directed Blaze. I did not see The Mule. I, have, I haven't I seen The Mule, by the way. You asked about that. So Let's see. see Paul Dano and Ethan Hawke both had their first yep. movies. Yeah. So that's yeah. exciting. And uh, uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah, did, uh, I haven't the seen. 90s, mid-90s. It, I haven't seen I haven't any seen of it. those. I've got it queued up, though. But, yeah. Uh, so all kinds of movies to watch. I'm really behind because I've been planning a film program. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I think work is a little bit more yeah, important. Yeah, probably. Got to do, that. Gotta do that. I guess you can, as an excuse, just use it as research. Yeah, and I do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what movies do you know that you're going to be using in certain classes? Um, you know, that's actually a great question because I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying to narrow it down to like five or ten that I know I want to show, particularly in like the entry level classes. Yeah. So I know everyone has seen them and I can always use them as examples yeah. um, but, Apocalypse uh, Now but Apocalypse Now is actually one that uh, um, it's going to take multiple quite a reasons. few class periods uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I like it for multiple reasons one uh, I mean one it's just a great film uh, uh, it's, it's one of the greatest ever made um, but uh, that Coppola the guy he that Coppola guy he did he did uh, but, except for uh, the conversation uh, I don't understand the conversation conversation is a great I don't get it movie. I need to go back I think I just watched it's it at the wrong time 
time, but I was like, this is and boring. He, and he released that the same year as Godfather 2. <laughs> really? Those were, They were both up for Best wow. Picture the same year, and he won for Godfather I'm distracting you, but, but part okay. one or part two? But, uh, part two of The Godfather. No, no, I'm saying oh. choose. Oh, choose. Oh, part two. Okay. Yeah, part two. Um I like The Godfather 1 just personally better. Yeah. It's more favorite, but Godfather Part 2 is definitely the better film. Um, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> Cut that out, too. Uh, <laughs> what Apocalypse Now, but also uh, Walter Murch, uh, great editor, was uh, first sound design credited for that film. And uh, and so for all of those reasons, I like it. But the other great thing about Apocalypse Now is one of the great documentaries um, – of all time is called Hearts of Darkness, uh, a filmmaker's apocalypse, and it's the making of. And it's because Coppola's wife, while they were there, um, she kept a diary and then also shot like a bunch of 16-millimeter footage. And so they have all this footage to use. And so basically someone took all the footage, cut it together, and just made a great documentary. And you kind of really do see um, – what goes into making a movie sometimes. It's not and how they great. all went insane. They Just all went like insane. Marlon Brando. They all go insane. <laughs> and that's what he said. Uh, but that's one, Jaws. I almost always show Jaws. Okay. Uh, the Hurt Locker is a film uh, I like a lot and I like to show a lot. Um, Catherine Bigelow, uh, highly underrated, uh, even though she is the only woman to ever win an Academy <laughs> Award for Best Director. Uh, she's still underrated. And she's one who... Uh, what was the last thing she uh, did? Uh, Detroit. Okay, she yeah, did Detroit, she Detroit okay. and it was Zero Dark Thirty before that. Yeah, yeah, she. It, uh, there's usually like you know three, four, five years between films yeah. for her. She doesn't just crank them out. But um, I'm a little biased because I, I think I sort of, I guess I kind of grew up with her. That uh, um, you know, Point Break, mm-hmm. you know, came out. The one with Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves came out when I was in high school. Uh, but I'd seen After Dark or Near Dark. Um, before that, because I was really into horror films, and it's kind of a vampire, kind of biker western kind of thing, you know. Um, and so I just kind of stuck with her, you know, a Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis. And um, I sort of grew up watching her movies. Yeah. And then when she kind of exploded with uh, um, The Hurt Locker, uh, you know, I felt like she was finally getting the attention she deserved, that she was a pretty. And, and what's interesting about her as a director, she's kind of like an Eastwood uh, in that she. Um, she likes working in genre, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, pick up, I'm going to do a vampire movie. I'm going to do a heist film. I'm going to do a war movie. You know? Do a lot of war biopics. Yeah, yeah war biopics, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, well, Hurt Locker was made up, but, you know. It was was sort of it? Like I a, thought it was kind of loosely yeah, it was, based. It was loosely based on A-bomb squad, but no okay. one in particular. It, was not, it wasn't like a real specific person. <laughs> but uh, uh, but her last two, yeah, have been, I guess, true yeah. in terms of, like, Detroit and, and all that. But, uh, um so Jaws, Hurt Locker, Psycho. I will always use Psycho as a movie, uh, uh, as an example of a, of how to make a movie. Um, I was listening to um, an interview with William Friedkin the other day. He's a uh, director of uh, uh, The Exorcist, among other things. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, it's... It's bad. Anyway, um, but he actually it's mentioned that. It's about a that. demon inside he, uh, a little girl. Yeah, a demon know. a little girl. Uh, but he talked about uh, how uh, he, he's still often brought to, like, film schools to guest lecture. And he says that almost always what he tells the students is uh, – 
uh, quit film school, just go watch everything Hitchcock, <laughs> and you'll learn how to make a movie. And uh, and and he too talked about Psycho that he felt like that Psycho was a was a better film than a, than than Vertigo. Um, so that's one I always use as well. Uh, Casablanca is one I love going back to and uh, showing people uh, uh, kind of the old Hollywood system of um, how you know. You can, <laughs> you, if you have the right people uh, together in the right room at the right time, you can make a great movie, even if it seems like no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know if you know anything about Casablanca, but like the script wasn't even finished while they yeah. were shooting. The actors hated each other. Uh, the director didn't want to make it. Uh, and somehow they ended up making one of the greatest movies of all time. So, good stuff. Well, good. Any, anything else you want to add to the film program? Um,. We're excited. It starts in the fall. Everyone, go change your major right go now. Go change your major to film and uh, tell all your friends who are thinking about going to other schools that we finally have film here. And uh, one last thing that we're building towards that we hope happens is uh, uh, next summer we're hoping that uh, we shoot a feature film, that Harding University actually shoots a feature with their film students. Do you That's have the plan. a script? We actually do, do have you, a script. Do you have spoilers? Um, uh, can you slip anything? Yeah, I can slip anything. It's uh, uh, Joe Aaron, who is uh, um, he did Doug. Uh, he did Doug. Yeah, but he's a, he's a Harding alum, and uh, his claim to fame was the TV series Doug. He was a writer on, on that, but he's done several shorts as a writer, and he has one film. He was a writer director on, but he's got a script that uh, he's always thought would be great to shoot here because it, it sort of takes place um, at a place like Cersei and that it takes place at a small private um, Christian high school actually but it involves a road trip to Memphis and you know what better place to do it and what it comes out of that what he and I have talked about is um, um, there's a real dearth of a uh, of, uh, there are tons of teen films out there right now or college age films but um not the Breakfast Club, right? You know, I grew up on the Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller, and it seems now, if you're going to have sort of a young adult coming of age movie, it has to have a vampire or a wizard, or you have to live in a dystopia, and so that's what we're kind of aiming for. Is uh, you know, how do we get back to sort of that John Hughes telling real stories about? real kids and uh, we think the time's right with films like 8th Grade you know getting a lot of, uh, a lot of that's attention that's on Prime too that's on that. Prime if you haven't seen it um, oh Bo, the, the, Bo Burnham's first movie the, yeah there you go movie. and uh, so anyway yeah it's uh, so we're excited we hope it happens right now it's basically um, uh, we have the script it's more about the money now can we actually yeah. raise the funds um, to do the production and uh, that's what we're about to start on and we're excited that's very exciting yeah Thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Everyone go change your major, if that's feasible. Immediately. <laughs> Zach's going to change his major. He's graduating. I'm graduating. I'm coming back and, for another four he's years. Gonna, he's going to stay just to do film. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much.